Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, God is one. Amen. Our gospel pericope, or passage, this morning is the story of Simon Peter, as well as James and John, the sons of Zebedee, leaving everything they had to follow Jesus. In fact, it's the fullest story we have of this happening in the Gospels. The men have been up all night fishing. They caught nothing. Jesus tells them to let down their net in a certain place. They catch more than they can haul into the boat, inspiring Simon Peter to fall down before Jesus, and the Lord calls them all to follow him. In Matthew and Mark's uh, sort of parallel Gospels, um, we are told merely that Jesus sees Simon Peter and his brother Andrew by the seashore, and he calls them to follow, and that they do so immediately. And then also that he goes a little further and sees James and John, the sons of Zebedee, nearby, and he does the same. In John's Gospel, interestingly, the story is fairly different. We're told that Andrew was actually a disciple of John the Baptist, and that it was through John the Baptist that Andrew first encounters Jesus. And then he, Andrew, introduces Jesus to his brother, Simon. John omits entirely the scene by the seashore, which is really fascinating when you consider that John's gospel is the only one which includes this story. It comes from the 21st chapter of John's Gospel. And if you know the structure of John's Gospel, you know that the 21st chapter is the last. So listen to this story that John includes that none of the other Gospels do. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into their boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the beach, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, have you any fish? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it. And now they were not able to haul it in for the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved, that is John, said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his clothes for he was stripped for work and sprang into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish for they were not far from the land, but only a hundred yards off. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish lying on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of that fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net to shore, full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. So this obviously is a very, very similar story to the story that we have in the gospel this morning. But this one, of course, comes after Jesus' resurrection. Um, so John's the only one who tells that story, but Luke is the only one to include the story of the miraculous catch of fish while Jesus is calling the four disciples, Peter, and Andrew, James, and John. So this is one of the great examples of why the Lord saw fit to give us not just one, but four different perspectives and memories of his, mem of his ministry. Uh, these two obviously linked events have a lot in common. Fishing all night with nothing to show, uh, a new direction from Jesus, in the first case, launch out into the deep, 
In the second case, throw your net on the other side. A miraculous catch that they can't even pull into the boat. And then Peter throwing himself at Jesus. Uh, there's even the renewal of the calling to ministry in John's post-resurrection story. Instead of using a fishing metaphor, though, like in today's story, um, Jesus says, I will make you fishers of men. In John's story, Jesus uses the analogy of sheep, feed my sheep. But then he even says, follow me. It's, it's there in both stories. So those are all the similarities. But there's one detail that's easy to overlook that is explicitly mentioned in Luke's earlier story, which is then also explicitly mentioned in John's story, but changed. Any idea what that detail might be? Here's a hint. It's what was occupying James and John, the sons of Zebedee, when Jesus called them in Matthew and Mark. It's also a surprisingly entertaining 1995 Sandra Bullock movie. The net. There's a detail about the net that's very different from these two stories. It's also the one thing that these fishermen can't do without. And if you pay attention to all of the stories, even in Matthew and Mark, there's actually a lot of talk about nets. In Matthew and Mark, um, in all four of the Gospels, the nets are ex uh, mentioned explicitly, but in Matthew and Mark, Peter and Andrew are attempting, sorry, yes, Simon Peter and Andrew are attempting to use their nets when Jesus calls them, uh, and then their stories say that they left their nets. Not that they left their boats or their vocation, it says they left their nets. And then James and John were in the middle of trying to mend their nets when Jesus calls them, and they too leave their net. They also are, it's mentioned that they, in their case, are leaving their father behind as well. But the net is obviously the tool of the professional fishermen back then. And in our gospel story this morning, we actually hear crucially that it starts breaking because of all the weight of the fish that they're trying to haul in. However, after Jesus' resurrection, the haul was just as big, 153, we actually get the num number, but the net did not break. John is very clear about that. So one story, the net breaks. The next story, the net does not break. All the other relevant details are pretty much the same. So why is this one different? Reading these stories with spiritual eyes and following the very clear metaphor that Jesus himself uses of being fishers of men, we can start to build this metaphor up and realize that the fish which are caught are people, obviously. Saved from the cold, dark depths of the chaotic waters and pulled into the safety and light of the boat, the church. I'm not making this up. This is what a lot of the church fathers, this is how they interpret this story, spiritually. So the fish are hauled, rescued in the case of people coming into the church. And if they're following Jesus' instruction, the followers of Jesus will be provided for in their vocation instead of trying to do it on their own. Jesus, if you listen to him, will actually bless your catch. So if the fish are the people, the boat is the church, uh, the, the workers obviously are the followers of Jesus, what then is the net? St. Ambrose suggests that it's the art of speech, persuasion, preaching, um, evangelism that the apostles would be using to bring the people into the church. And while that definitely works with the broader metaphor, I think we could maybe even broaden it out 
and say that the net is whatever power or skill, talent or ability we have, which may allow us to become witnesses to the love of God to our neighbors. It's so crucial a thing, this net. It's so primary to our identity as fishers of men that it's almost analogous to our very human nature, to our very selves, to what is in us, to our capacity, to what kind of creatures we are. Which is interesting when you consider it breaking under the miraculous gift of Jesus in the first story, our gospel story today. It's only after the resurrection of Christ, his conquering of death and transformation of our human nature, that we see the net holding together under impossible weight and pressure. Sure, the disciples still struggled in that second miraculous event, barely able to drag the net to the shore, but crucially, the net did not break. If the resurrection of Christ is really the factor that changes this reality, how does it do it? What does it mean for us? It means that while our struggle remains, while our own efforts without direction from the Lord will still disappoint us, and even that miraculous blessing still entail a lot of work and challenge on our part, our biggest problem and fear, the breaking, the failing of our very nature, our death, has been dealt with. We are unbreakable. We're unbreakable. Death does not own us anymore. We don't find ourselves as shadows in a shadow land forever and ever when we breathe our last. We merely rest with Christ now for a while until his glorious timing redeems our bodies from the grave. Death is already defeated. This is a fixed reality. So our bodies will break down and expire our souls, however, are not lost, and they will be reunited, and our resurrection will be affected because Christ has already done it in himself. Which means that all of our efforts, all of our struggles and sweat and work will make it to the shore. The net will not break. Nothing will be lost. None of it is wasted. All of our work remains the net will not break, you can be sure of it. So be confident and cast your net wherever Christ gives you opportunity. Not trusting in yourself, but trusting in the net that Christ gives you. His overabundance of grace, his largesse, his absurd magnitude of goodness is waiting for us, for us to obey and to be blessed. I think this is the lesson of the detail of the net no longer breaking. Christ has strengthened us, he has redeemed our human nature, and he is waiting and willing to give us blessings if we will listen to him. And all of the, the work and effort that we put in, we bring it with us to shore. It makes it to the new creation. And Christ says, bring some of that over here and let's enjoy it together. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, God is one. Amen. Talks at Advent. Homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.